Hellcat, you start because this sucks. <laughs> you know, I think, but we've lost all of the momentum now. We've lost the mojo. We've lost all those good vibes now. This is where hey. swearing happens. Hey, Tanya. <laughs> Welcome to Two Pittas on a Pod, the second time. Around. Yeah, part two. So. Okay. So for those of you who are not on our live Zoom with us right now, you won't understand the frustration that Kat and I are feeling with technology right at this very perfect moment. Okay, so I'm taking a deep breath. I'm not going to get worked up about it, but here we are. I'm Tanya. I'm in Minnesota, and we're doing a live recording with lots of our peeps. I wish you could see all their faces. Kat will post pictures because we have lots of lovely people sharing smiles with us right now. And we are recording live because... Um, we wanted you guys to get to have a chance to be involved with us. Yeah. And I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we have, um, we've had a really good time figuring out all the parts and pieces and technology to get us to be able to do this where it seems a little, a little flawless at times. Sometimes (laughs) it's highly flawed, like just a minute ago, but Anyway, but we have fun and do you want me to tell our Yeah, we need to story? do at least some sort of an intro. We don't have to tell the whole story. Okay, again. you tell part of the story this time then. Okay, we'll tell it from my vantage point. Yeah, tell so- from Here I was building a studio and I was, you know, getting really kind of excited about wanting to take on a teacher training program. And I had been trying to gather information and deciding how much I want to invest in building this teacher training program. And it was just kind of the weirdest thing. I opened up an email and it was a message from a woman in Colorado saying, hey, I have a 200 hour teacher training program that I'm willing to sell you the curriculum. You can become an affiliate of mine. And I was like, what? And she's like, you can take the program, build it however you want. I'm like, Um, yeah. So I signed on, did this and had some interchanges with her, decided I was going to run the program in the fall and went out the gate with it. And, you know, as I did it, uh, had an invitation from her the next June to come out to Colorado and meet the other studios who had taken on the program. We could have a collaboration. It was going to be women entrepreneurs. I was like, well, this sounds lovely. And so I got my ticket and got ready to fly out there. And, you know, the day before I was leaving, I sent a message and said, hey, can I have some of the hotel deets so I can give it to my husband? And she's like, oh, no, you're staying at my house. And I was like, um, what? I'm like, I'm going to fly out to Colorado and stay with a person I've never officially met. Uh, okay, that's not scary. So my husband and I had joked about making a safe word, which I did. And I don't know if you told you before, but it was turkey. Turkey is the safe word. And so my husband just was like, okay, well, I hope I see you soon when he dropped me off at the airport. And that was how that went. But when I got in the door, I got the lovely opportunity to meet Kat and Kat and her beautiful face and her lovely eyelashes. And it seemed like no matter what I They're said- They're not really that exciting. <laughs> they totally were to me, like, like eight feet long. And they just were like, I was like, wow. Anyway, it seemed like no matter what we talked about, we had like so similar, so much similar, like our business background, our owning a studio, our love for books, our- you know, kind of fiery personalities are, we're kind of the chatty bunch. Um, I don't know. It was just this kindred connection. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we first got there, uh, Lauren and I flew in together and our friend Lynn from Detroit was already there. And so Lauren and Lynn and I sat and chatted and Tanya arrived real soon after. And so it was just the four of us for quite a while. So we quickly found the wine and hung out by, you know, looking out over at the I guess it's the high desert there, looking at the high desert. And it was really pretty neat. Then the rest of the people came and they they were a really cool bunch. And we did, it was neat to meet other women that were dealing with the same issues that we were dealing with. Because a lot of times, you know, Lauren and I've gotten people to tell us, and I know Tanya has too, oh my gosh, it must be nice to own a yoga studio and just do yoga all the time. We're like, well, yeah, wouldn't that be neat? (laughs) That'd be super cool if we just got to do yoga all the time. Um, But, you know, when you when you own a business, it doesn't matter what kind of business you own. You're an entrepreneur. You've got all kinds of things coming at you at all times. So just doing just doing yoga was (laughs) <laughs> not been quite nice. how you would have described it. Not yeah. quite how you. Uh, so, but it was neat to find other people that had the same business that had the same type stuff. So that was that was really cool. And um, the lady we stayed with took us on a hike up a mountain, and I think there was like no oxygen up there. We were all suffocating and dying climbing up this mountain, and we were like, <laughs> we all thought we were in good shape. We were about to pass out and die. And then we got to the top of the mountain. There was food and wine and all kinds of glorious things up there. So it made it worth it. Yeah, it was really lovely. And they um, had, you know, recruited a professional photographer. So we got to all like do yoga poses on the mountain and have a professional photographer taking pictures. So it was really kind of lovely, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I kind of had forgotten about that. Good pieces, uh, good nuggets. <laughs> and so long story short, Kat and I hit it off like good buddies. We got to, you know, sharing information after that lovely weekend and kind of commiserating about our businesses and, you know, the the life, our children and such. And after a couple glasses of wine, we got a real harebrained idea to do a podcast. <laughs> Look at how we described it completely differently than we described it the first time around. <laughs> I think it was way more exciting the first time, right? Because there's a lot more wine involved. <laughs> there was a lot more really loving our wonderful ideas. <laughs> right. And then ultimately we just landed on the name two pitches on a pod because, you know, that's kind of what we are. It seemed like no matter what we were talking about, we were like, oh my gosh, we're two peas in a pod. And we kept mm-hmm. saying that. Well, then when we got the idea to do a podcast, we're like, well, two peas in a pod. Well, first of all, it was already taken. But second mm-hmm. of all, it just didn't roll off the tongue, kind of like two pitas in a pod, because that's what Kat and I are when it comes to the Ayurvedic dosha or our constitution, our fiery hot personalities. Mm-hmm. And so I think now that kind of puts us right back almost where we started. <laughs> and and that time was only seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so aggravated, we're just running through it. <laughs> So, well, I was making some notes on some um, possible topics that interest me that I thought, well, I'll just run it by you guys and see if any of those sound like something you would want to hear. You know, we've done a little touch on nutrition, but I think it would be kind of fun to delve a little bit deeper into nutrition and get a little deeper into Ayurveda and maybe even pros and cons of the dieting mentality, you know, how that screws all of us up, especially women. And what else? Oh, even something on nutrition about antioxidants and, you know, good things that you need to always make sure you eat. So is that, is that kind of a topic that you guys think that would be interesting? 
Yeah. Put my new Ayurveda certificate to use. I know. Kyron, yeah. are you going to say something? Let's hear it. I see your mind thinking over there. I'm very interested in Ayurvedic. I mean, that's kind of my next area that I need to start exploring in my yoga journey. So I'm all for learning, you know, more about that. I know we hit on it in our training, but it was kind of, you know, it wasn't, um, it was just a segment of our training. It wasn't a deep dive. And so I'm very interested in learning more about Ayurvedic and anything mm-hmm. that has to do with, you know, I'm pre I'm postmenopausal. So yeah, let's, <laughs> let's try to figure something out. <laughs> so always, like, definitely. I love I agree. that. One. Oh, good. Well, and that's something that we're, we, we do always talk about different diets and um, body image and things like that a lot. So that's something that I'm kind of passionate about yakking about anything that can help all people, but especially women have better body images and not think that they have to deprive themselves to, oh, mommy's making it. And I do see that Lauren just popped up in the chat saying anything to do with hormones and nutrition from an Ayurvedic standpoint would be Mm -hmm. great. So I think that's perfect. And Kat and I have already talked about an episode on hormones and menopause. uh, And menopause, because in, you know, the Western world, everybody's like hormone therapy and, you know, in the yogic world, like, "Mm, can we do something other than that? Like, what Mm -hmm. are our options and what's a more, you know, homeopathic way to, um, you know, get in touch with Mm -hmm. getting through, we'll say changes in our life period. And that's what Ayurveda is, is really just the study of life and science from a holistic standpoint and I'm all in. So yeah, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Yeah. I think that would be very cool. We've talked about chakras and went through all the chakras. We've talked about them in various other pieces, but we've never done a whole episode on blocked chakras. We've talked lightly touched over blocked chakras. And I was thinking, I wanted to delve in deep about helping people see how their chakras may be blocked and how they can unblock them. But I was like, oh, maybe I'm the only one interested in that. What do y'all think? I actually think that's a groovy idea too. I see a lot of head nods bobbing up. What I'm thinking while we're doing it is uh, coming to a place of working on, I see some more chats now popping up. So we're going to come to that. I'm not ignoring you. Um, But I think coming from a place of blockage is perfect when we start talking about like energy medicine, because this is a great way to start to shift the energy in those blockages and try and break down some of the old gook that's hanging out. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, I think that's a great idea. That's a great, uh, let's see. So Jen Berry did a chat here. says, have we ever done a podcast on the heart chakra? And that includes giving and receiving. This is a good one. This is a good one because we are all like caretakers and we all like open up our heart and we do all kinds of stuff to take care of other people, but it's giving ourselves permission to receive. That's a big trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The receiving is, it's the tricky point because people don't ever think about that. Yep. I like that one too. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, uh, Kyron, it looked like you were going to pop in and say something <clears throat> again too. Yes. I think it would be fascinating to talk about all the different mudras, like um, to help move us out of our lower chakras up into our higher chakras. I did that today. Like I know, like I'm not very good at pronouncing the name. It's either called, it's got two different names. I've heard it called by Agni Suri or Chakra Suri, where you're um, inhaling deeply 
you know, and pulling the dominoes in and up. And um, I mean, exhaling on that exhale, you're setting all three chakras while you're standing and you're slightly bent. Um, and then you can do those from different postures, um, you know, from bridge pose to lying flat where we make that mudra, where you make the pull in the belly. All of that <clears throat> helps to move energy up those chakras and to talk more about those type of exercises with the bandhas to help unblock your chakras. This is an episode we have not officially done as a bandhas episode. And that would be, that would be a perfect one because what you're referring to is an Iyengar out of Iyengar's book where he talks about the master mudra of holding, you know, the, the mudras while, um, doing the postures. Um, Janu Sharasana, similar type work there. So we did that today as well in the second class today. Um, yeah. Not, but yeah, learning about the bandhas and how to set them properly mm-hmm. and to help move energy up from the lower chakras up into the higher ones. I, I love, love that, that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Love it. Perfect. Love it. Okay. It's on the list. Something else. Tanya turned me on to an app called CoStar and it's CO-star. And now I'm kind of obsessed with it. And it's all about star signs. And I'm not a big astrology buff, but now I'm sucked into it. And, <laughs> and it's really, really cool. But I'm just such a novice on that. But um, anyway, I don't know if any of you guys have done that app or not, but uh, I am saying it is CoStar, right? Yep. CoStar and it's got like a blue, it's got like a dark black background with a moon on it. But I don't know, is that something that you guys would be interested in? Finding out if your Mercury's rising and if your Capricorn's in Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. The, so the trick is, is it's kind of hard to do it from a, you know, cause there's so much to astrology. If oh. we do an episode, it's really hard to do it blanket wise. Like we have to just say, is it whole universe Mercury's in retrograde or whatever? Yeah. Cause it's really hard to be able to specify. Oh, okay. So for you Scorpios right now, like we'd have to go through 12 mm-hmm. identities every time. It's not that it's not possible, but I could see where that would be something you and I would have to do some homework on, but it would be fun because I, I think do it would love be fun it. and more just letting people know stuff like that's out there to check out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to also know that, you know, just like with, you know, your constitution and Ayurveda, that when it comes to astrology, you're going to be attracted to certain personalities and certain signs simply because of that planetary alignment. Like you're just like, wow, you were on the other side of the moon, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whereas you're like, oh no, you're on my side of the moon. <laughs> right. So, mm-hmm. Well, and one thing about this app in particular, just to share in case any of y'all want to download it, you can be friends with people on the app. So that's kind of cool. And like it, if you don't want to even read all of this stuff, all of your charts for the day, I always look at what the do's and don'ts are for the day. Like today it says I am passionate about debating and tangled sheets and back rubs. Who knew? And don't be too people pleasing or get in too deep on stuff and don't finish other people's sentences. Ooh, I could do that. I don't know. Fun, fun. But so it's kind of fun just to gotta go. Okay. All right. Let's that don't finish other people's sentences means just listen a little bit more. <laughs> I love it. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is fun. I know I'm going to, I'm going to put Michelle on the spot a little second here. One thing that her and I have dabbled in or talked about just recently are angel numbers. And I think that would be a fun one to do too, um, because there's quite a few books out there. And I've actually got a couple of them now that I just purchased and I've been dabbling in, but angel numbers are kind of fun too. And I, you know, I've known about them for a long time, but I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really spend any time studying them until just recently. 
And it kind of came up in actually the Reiki training that Jen Berry and I did. One of the um, lovely little souls, my youngest Reiki practitioner, had joined us. And it just so happened that she had wakened, awakened in the night, the night between our Friday and Saturday session and um, had awoken to the clock saying 3.33. And so in the morning she had gotten up and right away was like, what does the angel number 3.33 mean? And then she shared that with us. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, why have I not paid more attention? Like, I know I'm a number person. Kat knows I'm a number person. Everybody that knows me knows I'm a number person. And all these numbers have always just been rattling with me but I never really did the homework on what they were meaning until Michelle kind of brought it up and reminded me. And she's like, dude, I want to know about angel numbers. Like, tell me about angel numbers. So I did get some books and I have been doing some studying. So now I got some tools. Oh, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. I totally have my kids look for angel numbers. My son will be like, I saw 999. I saw three. (laughs) Well, ask Google what they mean. And like, you know, Yeah. I mean, it's with a grain of salt, but I kind of am interested in like the intersection, like kind of along with angel numbers for a podcast ideas, like the intersection of like religion and spirituality, because like I grew up in a very religious home where like a lot of this sort of like stuff that I'm interested in would not be, um, you know, okay. (laughs) So accepted, but like, it's so ridiculous because then I'm like, you know, I'm a nurse and I see how helpful, like the mix of Eastern and Western medicine would be. So like, that's one example, but then also like, there's such a cool intersection, like with the angel numbers, it's like, like no one ever talked to me about angels in the, you know, 21 years I grew up going to church. And so I just think it's interesting, like the things that are like not talked about, Mm -hmm. but that should be like embraced as like a bridge Mm -hmm. for like this community kind of. I love that. Love, love, love it. Okay. We're writing that down too. the intersection. And we're just going to call it that because people are going to jump on. They're going to be like, what intersection? Then they're going to get sucked in. Because like my dad, before I went to my yoga retreat, a few couple months ago, came over my very Christian dad. And he's like, so what are you hoping to get out of the, you know, and it's just like, (laughs) dad, like peace. I don't know. (laughs) And what did you get out of it? So much. I still don't know if I've unpacked it all. There's, yeah, life is all about unpacking. (laughs) I might have something interesting for you guys to consider. I just got it yesterday. I don't know if you can see this bracelet, um, but in the center, on the underside of this bracelet is a uh, medalla. It's encoded with a lot of different frequencies to help protect you from negative energies, especially 5G. Um, my husband bought it for me. It's based off morphic resonance theory. And um, you can learn more about it. Um, I believe the company is called Body Align, but it's a company that was started in 2006. It's kind of, I had never heard of it. It's more like in the scientific community. So I just wore it yesterday for the very first time. And today I wore it. Um, and usually after I teach in the hot room to, uh, two times and because I'm an introvert and having to talk that much I'm usually really drained and today it's supposed to help balance okay. that too uh, the temperature compared to your body outside temperature compared to your body um, but I don't know I have a lot more energy than I normally do after teaching in 102 for two hours I, nice. mm-hmm. I don't know if the bracelet I'm just exploring it 
and it's some new technology out there. So I just wanted to mention it for an idea. New technologies and morphic resonance theory, you know, our Tibetan bowls kind of fall in that same theory, vibrational healing. So maybe a series on vibrational healing and other, all the options out there using those type of morphic resonance theory. Yeah. So I like that idea because we have done um, a, an episode on energy healing, but I kind of like that idea. Because- Me too. We, we brought up magnets <clears throat> and we brought up like using copper, but we didn't necessarily bring it up as like a whole topic. And you could totally go into a whole episode of stone therapy, crystal yes. therapy, um, magnet bowl. therapy, bowl therapy, copper therapy. I mean, we could go through a whole episode on what we'll say maybe metals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All those stones thing- aren't metal. <clears throat> Well, you could just do it on different forms of healing because if someone like in our family, you know, as you know, Tanya, my husband's not open to Reiki, but yet here he is. God love him. He's <laughs> all into this. And he even bought me the bracelet. So, um, so people can have different paths, you know, cause we all are on different paths and I, he's, you know, and I get to, I'm coming becoming very interested in sound healing. So I'm getting into the Tibetan bowls and other types of sound healing. You know, he's open to that because it follows that more scientific line mind of healing through vibrational healing. So I just think uh, different forms of healing that different paths people can take, you know, if you're being restricted by terms and language and faith and religion and such. And I do think, and I know, I know Kyron and I have talked about this, um, sort of that uh, one truth, many languages. And again, there's also that very important thing, like meet the person where they are at. And so if the language of my Reiki isn't appropriate for you, but if I were to say, but how do you feel about, you know, the science behind uh, quantum physics and vibration? And yeah, now we're speaking the same language. So it's being available to using all of the languages, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I did just look it up and it is just bodyalign.com mm-hmm. for the bracelet. So, so yeah. I'm going to definitely check that out. Um, I love that. No, I do too. Speaking about vibrations, Lauren just gave me a book called Earthing. And I don't know if you guys know about earthing, but um, she sent a text and said we should do an episode on earthing. And I haven't read the book yet, so I don't know a whole lot more about it than what I just now said. But lovely, <laughs> Lauren, have you actually read the book? I think tell, she has. Tell us what the definition of earthing is, because I'm curious. Is she available to? I don't know. We'll see if she's okay. doing that. But she did... Um, One thing that I do at the writing retreat in Indiana that I teach at, um, we always do a lot of work on labyrinths. And Lauren also suggested maybe we do an episode on building labyrinths. So that'd be kind of cool. We could, I've got a labyrinth, two labyrinth facilitators that I work with that we could even interview. If I don't know, would y'all be interested in labyrinth? What is is it about? Um, A labyrinth is, um, do you know what a labyrinth is? Like, it's like a maze that you walk through. Um, What we do with it primarily in, um, at the writing retreat is we use it as a meditation, a walking meditation. And the one that we have in New Harmony, Indiana, uh, it's just a public one, but it's all granite. So it feels so amazing to your feet and you can feel vibrations. I don't know, granite is pretty porous. So in my mind, I like to picture earth vibrations coming up through the granite, but you, it, it's such 
It's probably the only moving meditation that I ever really get um, because it you just totally get out of your mind. You just walk and you just stare at where you're going the whole time. And it's pretty neat. Um, so, you know, that's something that I enjoy, but I hadn't really thought about doing a whole podcast on it. Yeah. There's um, at Kripalu Center where I did that grief training, they have um, actually the labyrinth that's made and I don't even know the hedges that they get that are that tall that you can actually be within the labyrinth. And mm -hmm. it's just, it just feels fantastic. Like, right. Because it's just this space of both being encumbered, but also being protected, like being in the middle of, and, you know, it's just this lovely place of, I don't know, like you say, the energy is moving, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it like puts you in this place of wonder and it puts you in this place of self-reflection. It's just, there's a lot to it. I was going to try to show you guys a picture of the labyrinth in Indiana that we use. This is just a, a odd little view of it. Uh, you can't really see it from that angle, but it's pretty cool. So it's just kind of a neat little maze. Lauren did message back that she's still reading the book, but it's much about getting back to a more natural state. And it seems to agree with the negating negative energies. Yeah, I just popped up a, a definition of it too. And then uh, the book, or at least the definition that came up when I searched it was the equality of therapeutic grounding, but it's mm -hmm. also associated to electrically reconnecting which is really kind of cool because I do I love the idea of using energy and mm -hmm. really reconnecting. I can speak that I bought the um, earthing pad that you put under oh, uh -huh. the end of your bed. Mm -hmm. and we've used that before and I don't use it any longer, but um, I have used that. It's a, a pad that you put at the end of your bed for where your feet are. So it's, there's a whole system. <laughs> nice. Round. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I, I did have a couple more ideas. The very, I think the second episode Tanya and I did, we did book reviews on just books that, because we're both, you can't see all of my bookshelves and you can't see Tanya's, but we both have more books than we need, but we love them a lot. <laughs> so, I know. Um, and, but and would y'all be interested in us having like a theme and then doing some book reviews periodically, like, I don't know, every other month, something like that? Because we could... We could just go crazy, get to talk about all of our best friends that are in book form. Yeah. Um, also, what about victimhood? We haven't talked about victimhood at all. And that's a touchy topic, but it's one that I think keeps some people from moving forward and it keeps people living in, in regret and negativity. And so it's something that I talk about uh, I don't ever, I don't really use the word victimhood in classes, do I, Sheila? But I do talk about it a lot, you know, letting go of things like that. So is that something you'd be interested in or it can't too much of a downer? Good. I think we could make it, you and I could make it gentle. We could, yes, we you know, we <laughs> could put it out there to make it both politically correct, but also to make it maybe a place where maybe we even do it as a three-part series because I know mm -hmm. there's a lot to it. Like we could take victimhood from a standpoint of parental because I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, this is because of, you know, so-and-so, so too bad. My life is this way. Or we could do it from the standpoint of relational 
like relationships mm -hmm. that have perpetuated victimhood and trying mm -hmm. to trying to break that cycle. So I feel like we could definitely do stuff with that. We might have to break it down and do a little bit of massage work like we do. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things I would, you know, kind of like to share with all of you is kind of the homework that Kat and I put into our episodes. You know, you, you guys, yeah, <laughs> you guys may think we sound real off the cuff and especially after my little faux pas early with not recording, but you guys need to know like the three ring binders of stuff that Kat and I go through and the notes that mm -hmm. we take and the study that we put into it so that we don't sound idiotic, but that's so also <laughs> we can sort of give you our sources and, you know, give credit where credit is due because yeah, Kat and I are smart ladies, but we aren't that smart that we can encompass all of these books and share it out with you. So, you know, mm -hmm. we are drawing from the great teacher before us and the teacher before them too. Well, and I have another idea. And I did not run it by Tanya ahead of time because I forgot until now. I had it on my notes. And I meant to message, ask you what you thought about it before, but I'll just ask you in front of everyone. I, okay. I was thinking, I know, I know, because I am all about challenges. And like in our studio, now we're doing a gratitude, um, a monthly gratitude challenge. Um, but I thought it would be kind of neat to do a two pittas on a pod 21 day wellness challenge and have something different every single day that people do. And then they post and tag us in it. And it'd be kind of cool. And then maybe I don't, I haven't really thought about it that much, but then maybe we would interview how, whoever the top few people that might've done everything um, we'd interview them and see how it made a difference in their lives. Anyone game for that? You can, Lauren got off here real quick. Uh, <laughs> and my, my sister is so, she's so wonderful because I'll come up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we should do this. And la, 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 la. And then she's like, okay. <laughs> but I thought, I don't know, is that something you guys would be interested in us leading you through a wellness challenge for, I don't know, 21 days, 31 days, 30 days, whatever. Everybody, everybody seems challenged. They're like, Oh, I worry does. that 21 days seems really long, but um, just with oh, the and schedules and everything, I'll be, that's my first um, gut feeling. I'm just giving you that right off the cuff. Okay. Well, my thoughts are like one day it might be simply to sit in silence for five minutes. So I'm not talking about a two hour long workout physical challenge. But it might be to get your favorite piece of poetry. And if you don't have one, here's three suggestions. Read that and then journal about it for five minutes. Nice. So it would be more of an, trying to make it more of an introspection. Yes. So little baby bite-sized pieces that can, because none of us have time to spend hours every day um, doing, well, you know, and of course they say, if you don't have time to sit and meditate for an hour, you need to spend two, but, <laughs> but we don't do that. We go, yeah, 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 yak, yak, yak. Ooh, like a self scavenger hunt. Yes, mm -hmm. it is exactly. Cause that's, you know, it's, and it, so it would be something that would not be overwhelming that could take, it could take your whole day if you wanted it to, I guess, but it could take five minutes, but just making sure that you're focused more on your personal wellness. So I don't know. Are y'all interested in doing something like that? Sure. Okay. Okay. Cat's like, I know Tanya, I'm going to make her do this. <laughs> She's going to text me the, every day. The scavenger hunt idea that made it sound fun um, for my <laughs> I was like, oh, when that <laughs> wrote that, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's Jennifer. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm jotting down all kinds of notes, too. 
Okay, so maybe just to conclude this little episode, and we really do appreciate all of you joining us. And I think it's just kind of fun maybe for Kat and I to share maybe what our favorite episode was to date, just to, for those of you who maybe haven't listened to all of them, that maybe you go back and listen to that one specifically, because now you know where our hearts are laying. So- uh, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh crap, I've got to pull <laughs> I think, I mean, I, you know, I like talking about journaling. And I'm a big proponent of, proponent of journaling. So mine would, well, I'm going to give you three. It would probably be journaling, <laughs> um, but I also love positive affirmations and putting positivity out into the world because our mind's powerful, as I say, you know, and so teaching, I like teaching positivity. I like that a lot. And then time management like that. So I gave you three. So see what would have happened if you'd asked for three, you would have gotten five. Well, it's kind of funny that you said that because I have three also. (laughs) So (laughs) maybe that's a pit of trait. (laughs) Of course, if one is good, then three must be better. (laughs) So I guess for me, I would say we did a two part series, you and I on mental wellness. One of them was on stress and anxiety. And Mm -hmm. the second one was on depression. And I feel like we definitely had probably our biggest following on some of those episodes because those, I think it, it really touches people right now where you know we're all dealing with mental wellness on whatever level it is um, whether it's mental unwellness or mental wellness like you know it's just it's a very common thread right now for most people mm-hmm. and I feel like it's also very much on the surface and even if it's not for you it's for someone that you know and love it's a little bit like the c word none of us know anyone I mean all of us know someone who has been affected by cancer but so also all of us know someone even if it's not ourselves who has been affected by mental illness so it's a big topic right now kind of thing but then mm-hmm. I think the other one that I really was one of my favorites was sacred texts and just because that's my love in life and, you know, having the chance to, you know, spend a little bit of time dabbling in those books and sharing them with you. And I have to tell you that ever since that episode, I have even more. And so now I'm like (laughs) even deeper into some other new texts that I was like, I didn't even know this existed. Why didn't anybody tell me this? (laughs) Well, I want Michelle to teach me how to knit. I mean, I've been watching her this whole hour going, wow, look at her go. I've tried knitting and just can't do it. I have a dear friend who taught me one year ago. And so we're doing this mystery shawl challenge where you don't know what it's going to look like, but they send like one piece every week. And ladies, we can do anything that we put our mind to because this is like the first pattern I've ever knit. And yeah, so it's fun. (laughs) Relaxing. I needed something to have in my hands besides my phone when I was around my kids. That could be an episode. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I'm putting it down. Interview yeah. Michelle. And Michelle's a nurse too, so she can even talk about it from a medical standpoint. And I'm writing it down, knitting with Michelle. Yeah, you don't want me to talk about nursing right now, trust me. <laughs> it's not positivity. Well, but there is realness to that too, because and like especially with the, you know, COVID nature and everything that's going on, there's a lot to it that, you know, even in a situation where it doesn't feel super positive, it's like, what do you do for self-care? What do you right. do as a care worker? You know, how are you protecting yourself? Not even just from, you know, being in the room, but how are you taking care of yourself when you go home? How do you debrief? What, you know, who's taking care of you kind of thing? 
And that's Mm -hmm. the language all of us speak. And even if we're not in, you know, the ICU, like you are seeing it on the ground, but, you know, people that we love and know, or, you know, just in general, whether it's, you know, being the caregiver to a person who has cancer or, you know, what is it that you're doing for yourself? So I think there's a little bit more there than you realize. And also the whole like caregiver without bitterness piece. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really big because a lot of us, especially parents are just like, well, we just have to do this. And then we end up just doing everything with not like a servant's heart, but just like, a, just like, why isn't this person doing more? Or why do I have to do all this? So I think that's an important thread too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. So I think there's something to that when we call you up and say, okay, when you're ready. <laughs> I hate public speaking, so. And I think, Tanya, if you could touch on in that episode um, about, you know, what we learned in Thai yoga massage about after you touch someone, grounding yourself, you know, getting rid of any energy so you don't carry it on to the next person. I think that would be interesting, especially from your Reiki standpoint about how to cleanse yourself of other people's energy. I know I feel like I'm particularly sensitive to other people's energies, so I'm very now... I'm very aware of always grounding myself. If I touch anyone in my classroom, I will make sure when I sit down, I put my hands on the ground and release that to the earth. And um, Mm -hmm. so I think that would be pretty interesting from your standpoint, what other ways we could um, rid ourselves of other people's energy that we might pick up on if you're an empath in particular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. I wrote that down too, because those are all really important pieces. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, like to your point, Kyron, we do dabble a lot in that in Reiki training, like how how to keep yourself safe and grounded and to know that um, we're not taking on other people's energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, protection. I love it. Well, we appreciate all of you and thank you for joining us, signing off.